0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When Jesus had been crucified, the people stood by watching. The leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked Jesus, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews... Save yourself. There was also an inscription over Jesus, This is the King of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding Jesus and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. Last Sunday, we had Mass in Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives across the Kidron Valley overlooking Mount Zion. In the time of Jesus, you would be looking at the temple which was still standing on Mount Zion. Israel so identified with the temple that to say Jerusalem meant all of Israel. In Luke's gospel, Jesus stood across the valley facing the temple and lamented, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. We see this same resistance in today's gospel. The leaders say, he saved others, let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers offer him sour wine in parody of a kingly banquet where wine is offered to the guests. If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And the first criminal says, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. Luke uses that threefold repetition to remind us of the tempting of Jesus by the devil, the temptation to ignore God and to use human power to avoid death. If he is going to claim all these titles, he better not die. Jesus is going to claim all these titles, and he is going to die. As the risen Christ said to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Rather than lording it over the world, the power of God works in the opposite direction, from the bottom up. Jesus descends into hell. God's power is the power of weakness and powerlessness. Jesus is the saved one who spends himself for others. Paul said to the Colossians, Give thanks to the Father who made us fit for the holy community of light and rescued us from darkness, bringing us into the realm of his beloved Son, who redeemed us, forgiving our sins. The rulers, soldiers, and the other criminal have tossed around titles. They thought they knew what the titles meant and they judged Jesus by those meanings. This criminal, however, does not use titles. He simply addresses the Christ by name, Jesus. The name which means God saves. Jesus, remember me. When you come into your kingdom, he's going to ask forgiveness and he is going to be forgiven. Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Why paradise? Why not heaven? We likely imagine this to mean that after they both die, later on, they will go to paradise, maybe in about an hour. Or if Jesus gets there first, maybe the criminal will arrive a little later, say, two hours, but still the same day. In the Christian tradition, paradise has become a euphemism for afterlife communion with God and others in heaven. But paradise primarily refers to an earthly condition that was disrupted by sin. Paradise is the condition of integrated unity among God, humans, animals, and the earth, This unity was splintered into alienation. Adam and Eve were banished from paradise. What was once held together is now broken apart. We live in this brokenness, in a world where the one who wants to develop a reconciled unity is violently resisted and brought to his death. Sin rules. However, in this most unlikely of places the garden has suddenly returned. Paradise has emerged in the cross-bound conversation between two dying men, one a representative of sin, reaching for wholeness, and the other a son of the fullness of God, reaching toward what has been lost. When the merciful God and the repentant sinner meet, the time of exile is over. We no longer live east of Eden. We are back in paradise. Jesus is doing what he was sent to do. Paul says it so clearly, For by God's good pleasure, Christ encompasses the full measure of power, reconciling creation with its source and making peace by the blood of the cross. On the cross, Jesus remains faithful to the Father's will in the very same way that he lived. Just a few Sundays ago, in Jericho, the lowest city on earth, the last stop on the way up to Jerusalem, Jesus lifts up Zacchaeus when he invites himself to Zacchaeus's house for dinner. Jesus said to Zacchaeus, Today salvation has come to your house, for the Son of Man has come to seek out and save the lost. In the middle of Luke's Gospel, we met a man going down the road from Jerusalem to Jericho who fell into the hands of robbers, was stripped, beaten, and left for dead. A priest and a Levite saw him but passed by on the other side of the road. When a Samaritan came near him, he saw him and was moved with pity. He went to him and took care of him. Then Jesus asked this question, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The answer came, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. Christ is an image of the God we cannot see. Before anything came to be, Christ was, and the universe is held together by Christ Whenever we make Christ present, reaching out in love and reconciliation, in faithfulness to the Father's will, then, once again, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing.